0: When we read the scriptures too quickly, skirting over details and deeper contexts, we often give some of the characters we find there less than appealing reputations. A case in point today is Thomas. What do we know about Thomas? Well, everyone knows at least one thing about Thomas, If we know anything about Thomas, it's that he doubts. Thomas is not merely Thomas, or even Thomas the twin. Thomas is doubting Thomas, the doubting disciple. More specifically, he doubts the most important thing of all to believe that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Even people who don't go to church have heard of doubting Thomas, it's a saying in our culture. Don't be such a doubting, Thomas. The other disciples tried to tell him, look, we've seen the Lord. We had the security system programmed to at home, but somehow he still got in. He came inside, he blessed us with peace. He showed us his hands and his side. He breathed on us, Thomas. We, we felt it as, his breath. Thomas is not so easily persuaded. Unless I see the wounds and touch the wounds, I will not believe. It's not the first role that you'd choose to play in a gospel when one of the few things that you're on the record as saying is, I won't believe. But I'm not convinced Thomas is deserving of the reputation that he's received over two millennia. When we read the whole gospel and we slow down at just this part, I believe we may change our minds about what both Jesus and Thomas are teaching us in this famous exchange. Thomas's infamous expression of doubt is just one of the few remarkable things that he says across the gospel according to John. Do you remember earlier in John chapter 11, when Lazarus dies, and Jesus sets his face towards Judea, where they just tried to stone him, all of the disciples try to talk Jesus out of going back. How lucky were you to escape, escape the last time, Jesus? They're going to have better aim. This time, they're going to get you. All of the disciples warn him about returning, except for one, Thomas. Thomas. What does Thomas say? He says, let us go also that we may die with him. Wow, what a minch! I mean, what greater love is there than to give up one's life for one's friends? Let us go also that we may die with him. That's Thomas. Does he sound like a doubter to you? A little later, Thomas pipes up again. This time in John 14, Jesus speaks so tenderly to the disciples, a passage often read at funerals. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I go ahead of you to prepare a place for you? Thomas. A bit worried about Jesus and also confused about where Jesus is actually going asks a very important question. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? You see, Thomas doesn't doubt anything Jesus says. He believes him very much. He wants to stay with Jesus. He's eager to know the way. He's the kid in the Bible study who's always raising his hand. He's the senior member of the church living alone, entertained by devotionals stacked by her favorite living room chair, tracing Jesus' steps, searching them for meaning and direction. He's the philosopher who gets tired of all the intellectual gymnastics from time to time and whispers to himself, enough, enough. I just want to see Jesus. I just want to be with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, keep me near." That's Thomas. That's Thomas. Does he sound like a doubter to you? I'm not saying Thomas doesn't doubt. He clearly does today. Unless I see, I won't believe. I mean, the jury's going to find him guilty every time on that count. But sometimes, juries don't see the whole picture, you know. I mean, we have to remember. Remember. That there were many people across all four Gospels who did see Jesus, saw his signs and his miracles, and didn't believe. So let's step back and see Thomas with a wide-angle lens. See that he's not only doubting Thomas, but also brave Thomas, curious Thomas, as well as, for one brief moment today, doubting Thomas. But wait, there's more. We might also just as well call him trust but verify, Thomas. You know the feeling when you believe something, but you can't, you want to believe something, but you can't let yourself believe it. You can't bring yourself to believe it. You've seen too much. You've been through too much life. You weren't born yesterday or the day before. You've grown up. Once you thought like a child, acted as a child, but no longer. Now you you think like an adult. Innocence was lovely while it lasted, but you're not going to get swindled and hoodwinked and bamboozled again. You've been beaten up and tossed around by the world. Now you're worldly wise. What's more, how much can you really trust the people telling you these things. You've seen these disciples at their worst now. Most of them abandoned Jesus too. It's one thing if the women in the beloved disciple are telling Thomas these things, but here in the text it says the other disciples were telling him. You know, the others, the Marys, the beloved disciple, they saw, they stayed, they were there. But the other disciples who told him, Well, you know, Charlie Brown, how many times are you gonna let Lucy pull the football away from you? Trust but verify, Thomas. Really, you need a guy like Thomas around. Make sure everybody else doesn't get scammed. But wait, there's even more. We might also just as well call him tactile Thomas or tangible Thomas. He he just needs a little human touch. You know that book about uh, how everyone has a different love language? I've never read it, uh, but anyway, you know the book. Maybe Thomas's love language is that he needs touch to know to believe, for things to become real to him, to feel secure, to know how he really is loved back. These days, can we really argue with a desire to touch or to be touched? Keep human beings cooped up long enough, fearing for their lives as these disciples have been, and you'd be surprised about even the little things that you start missing about touch After a while, you start missing even something as simple as a handshake or a pat on the back or bumping someone in the supermarket. Thomas needs to see, to touch, in order to really receive and know the full impact of God's love for him. That's Thomas. Does he sound like a doubter to you? I have a friend who grieved so when her adult son died. That she longed to go to sleep just so that she might dream of Him, see Him, touch Him, embrace Him. Who is she? A doubter? No. A believer? A worshiper? full of confession and love for God and others she believes, she worships. She knows that Jesus has gone ahead of her to prepare a place for her and all of God's children, but for so long she craved sleep because she longed to see, to touch. Blessed are those who long to see and touch. In this time of separation, I count myself one of the lucky ones. Why? Because for the first time ever, as a pastor and a father, during the passing of the peace, I get to rise from my chair and kiss my partner and my children on the forehead and say the words that Jesus says today, peace, be with you. Even after a long, long week of coordinating and writing and thinking and zooming and wondering, where does she think she's going with that bag of, that entire bag of chocolate chips out of the pantry? Where, where are you going with that? No, we were going to bake cookies with that. Get, no, you get back here right now. You get, no, you're going to go with time out. Time out. And wait, wait, you, what, you can't move like that in checkers. You can't move backwards in checkers. you got to, no, you took your finger off of it. Now that's your move. No, and you can't do the bendy jump. You can't jump and bend. You have to jump straight. Oh, for the love of all that's sacred. Frayed nerves. At times, but lucky Doubting sometimes. Yes, I confess. Blessed too, though. Because there's grace in this depressing time still to learn to see with wider eyes and to learn to touch with more sensitivity so that I may learn to believe knowing there's more to revelation then meets the eye. But wait, there's more yet. How does Jesus treat this brave, curious, verifying, tactile, tangible, doubting Thomas? A week later, in spite of shut doors, Jesus comes and he stands among them again. Peace be with you. He returns to Thomas, put Your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and touch my side. Don't doubt. Believe. Especially for those among us who find ourselves doubting more often than believing. I want you to see this Jesus. Look upon this Jesus who comes straight to you in your doubts. This Jesus who, when he does come to you so unexpectedly, does not come with condemnation or tedious explanations or glares or scowls or looks of disappointment. No. This living, breathing, physical Jesus stands before you right now with more gentleness and tenderness than any locked room could ever hold and he invites you to come closer to him to inspect him to see him to touch him to awe over him to wonder about him Jesus loves Thomas in all the fullness of his humanity and weakness, his strengths and his faults, his virtues and his sins, just the same way that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He graces you with His presence. He invites you to come closer. He invites you to become one of the blessed who see. In a strange way, I'm grateful for Thomas's doubt because I'm all the more grateful for Jesus' response. Softly and tenderly, He invites us to come close to Him to see, to touch, to believe. But wait, there's even more yet. How does this encounter end? With a doubting Thomas? Far, far from it. It ends with my Lord and my God. It ends with confession, with worship. Not with doubt, but with belief. It ends with a disciple believing again, as though for the first time, blessed are those who have seen and believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Blessed are those who have seen again and believed. Blessed are those who long to touch and be touched even when we cannot. Blessed are those whose eyes are opened to wounds that we never saw or overlooked before. Blessed are those who touch the sick even when touch puts them in danger. Blessed are those who touch with gentleness and tenderness even under duress. Blessed are those and all of those who see and touch and long to see and touch and come to believe. Blessed are all who don't see or who do see but come to believe. Sisters and brothers, what do you believe? Who do you believe? When Easter comes to you and invites you to come closer, will your life ever be the same again? I doubt it.